Hello, everybody, and welcome into episode number 10 of the Bible 2021 podcast. We're reading Mark chapter 8 today, and our focus is on the title of Jesus, the Christ or the Messiah. Well, thanks for joining us for Bible 2021. We're a daily 10-minute-ish podcast where we will get into the truth of God's Word, reading one chapter a day. Our focus is on daily Bible reading, and our invitation is for anybody to join with us. So please share with your friends. Leave us a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or wherever you can leave a review. Share it on social media. Invite people to join with you in reading the Word of God. If you want to come to our webpage, it's Bible2021.com, and you can go to Bible2021.com slash reading plan to get the uh, downloadable PDF of our reading plan that we are following, which is based on the Discipleship Journal 5x5 reading plan. So what does it mean that Jesus is the Messiah? Some people think that Jesus's last name is Christ, but that's the title of Jesus. Christ was his title, not his last name. His last name would have been based on his father's name. So Jesus, if you had met him, would probably have introduced himself as Yeshua ben Yosef, that is, Jesus, son of Joseph. The word Christ is an English translation of a Greek word, Christos, which is itself a Greek translation of a Hebrew word that means Messiah. In our passage today, Jesus asks his disciples if people know who he is, and they tell them that some people think he's a prophet, some people think he's Elijah, and still others, Herod included, thought he was John the Baptist. And then Jesus asks his disciples a more personal question. What about you guys? Who do you say that I am? And Peter's answer to that question or his confession to that question is our verse of the day, Mark 8, 29. But you, Jesus asked them, who do you say that I am? And Peter answered him, you are the Messiah. So this insight pleases Jesus and it causes him to reply to Peter as recorded in Matthew 16:17, "Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overpower it." So interesting that Peter got a name change because he knew the name of Jesus and who Jesus was. Well, let's read our Mark 8 chapter, and then we can discuss what it actually means that Jesus is the Messiah. Mark chapter 8, verse 1 in the Christian Standard Bible. In those days, there was again a large crowd, and they had nothing to eat. He called the disciples and said to them, I have compassion on the crowd because they've already stayed with me three days and have nothing to eat. If I send them home hungry, they will collapse on the way, and some of them have come a long distance. And his disciples answered him, Where can anyone get enough bread here in this desolate place to feed these people? How many loaves do you have? He asked them. Seven, they said. He commanded the crowd to sit down on the ground, and taking the seven loaves, he gave thanks, broke them, and gave them to his disciples to set before the people. So they served them to the crowd. They also had a few small fish, and after he had blessed them, he said these were to be served as well, and they ate and were satisfied. Then they collected seven large baskets of leftover pieces, and about 4,000 were there. He dismissed them, and he immediately got into the boat with his disciples and went to the district of Dalmanutha. The Pharisees came and began to argue with him, demanding of him a sign from heaven to test him. Sighing deeply in his spirit, he said, "'Why does this generation demand a sign?' 
Truly I tell you, no sign will be given to this generation. Then he left them, got back into the boat, and went to the other side. The disciples had forgotten to take bread and had only one loaf with them in the boat. Then he gave them strict orders. Watch out! Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. They were discussing among themselves that they did not have any bread. And aware of this, he said to them, Why are you discussing the fact that you have no bread? Don't you understand or comprehend? Do you have hardened hearts? Do you have eyes and not see? Do you have ears and not hear? And do you not remember when I broke the five loaves for the five thousand? How many baskets full of leftovers did you collect? Uh, Twelve, they told him. When I broke the seven loaves for the four thousand, how many baskets full of pieces did you collect? Seven, they said. And he said to them, Don't you understand yet? And they came to Bethsaida. They brought a blind man to him and begged him to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand and brought him out of the village, spitting on his eyes and laying his hands on him. He asked him, Do you see anything? He looked up and said, I see people. They look like trees walking. Again, Jesus placed his hands on the man's eyes, and the man looked intently, and his sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. Then he sent him home, saying, Don't even go into the village. Jesus went out with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi, and on the road he asked his disciples, Who do people say that I am? And they answered him, John the Baptist, others Elijah, still others one of the prophets. But you, he asked them, who do you say that I am? Peter answered him, You are the Messiah. And he strictly warned them to tell no one about him. Then he began to teach them that it was necessary for the Son of Man to suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, chief priests, and scribes, be killed and rise after three days. He spoke openly about this, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning around and looking at his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan. You are not thinking about God's concerns, but human concerns. And calling the crowd in along with his disciples, he said to them, If anyone wants to follow me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life because of me and the gospel will save it. For what does it benefit someone to gain the whole world and yet lose his life? What can anyone give in exchange for his life? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will also be ashamed of him when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. So what does it mean that Jesus is the Messiah, the Christ? Our friends at gotquestions.org have a great answer to this question, and it's very succinct, so allow me to quote from it here. Messiah comes from the Hebrew word Mashiach and means either anointed one or chosen one. The Greek equivalent word, as we've already said, is Christos, or in English, Christ. The name Jesus Christ is the same as Jesus the Messiah. In biblical times, anointing someone with oil was a sign that God was consecrating or setting apart that person for a particular role. Thus, an anointed one was someone with a special God-ordained purpose. In the Old Testament, people were anointed for the positions of prophet, priest, and king. God told Elijah to anoint Elijah. Elisha to succeed him as Israel's prophet in 1 Kings 19.16. Aaron was anointed as the first high priest of Israel in Leviticus 8.12. Samuel anointed both Saul and David as kings of Israel. And all of these men held anointed positions, but the Old Testament predicted a coming deliverer chosen by God himself to redeem Israel. This deliverer the Jews called the Messiah. Jesus of Nazareth was and is the prophesied Messiah. Throughout the New Testament, we see proof that Jesus is the chosen one or the anointed one. 
Uh, for instance, John 20, 31, these are written so that you might believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Matthew 16, 16, we hear testimonies that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of the living God, and the ultimate evidence that Jesus is indeed the promised Messiah, the Anointed One, is his resurrection from the dead. And we see an eyewitness testimony to that res- resurrection in Acts 10, 39-44. Three, and the fact that he is the one whom God appointed as the judge of the living and the dead. Philosopher Cornelius Van Til says, The law we have was made official after the entrance of sin. Originally, there was no need of such a making official or promulgation. Adam was spontaneously religious because the law of God was written on his heart. But after the fall, The prophet Jeremiah promised that the Messiah would, in principle, restore this condition, bringing us back pre-fall. Christ has given us once more the true love for God and therefore also the true love for God's law. And we see this wonderful new covenant ushered in by the Messiah, proclaimed in hope in Jeremiah 31, 33, which says, Instead, this is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after those days, the Lord's declaration. I will put my teaching within them and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. So that is the promise that the Messiah is going to come. He's going to come and usher in a new covenant, a new agreement a new promise between God and man. And in this way, the law is not merely going to be written on scrolls, but it is going to be written on the hearts of the people through the work of Jesus the Messiah. Well, let's close today with our memory verse for January, which is Mark 1.15, and it says, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Well, how is it in Mark 1 that the kingdom of God came near? Because Jesus the Messiah came, and with the Messiah came the king. With the king came the kingdom. One more time, Mark 1.15, the time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. So friends, let's spend some time today rejoicing that God sent Jesus the Messiah, the anointed one, the rescuer, to save us. Good day to you and Godspeed.